Section 17 of Sermons on Several Occasions, 3rd through 5th Series. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Alvin J. Price. Sermons on Several Occasions, 3rd through 5th Series, by John Wesley. On Living Without God without god in the world ephesians two verse twelve perhaps these words might be more properly translated atheists in the world this seems to be a little stronger expression than without god in the world which sounds nearly negative and does not necessarily imply any more than having no fellowship or intercourse with god on the contrary the word atheist is commonly understood to mean something positive, and not only disclaiming any intercourse with him, but denying his very being. The case of these unhappy men may be much illustrated by a late incident, the truth of which cannot reasonably be doubted, there having been so large a number of eyewitnesses. An ancient oak, being cut down and split through the midst, out of the very heart of the tree crept a large toad and walked away with all the speed he could now how long may we probably imagine had this creature continued there it is not unlikely it might have remained in its nest above a hundred years it is not improbable it was nearly if not altogether coeval with the oak having been some way or other enclosed therein at the time that it was planted it is not therefore unreasonable to suppose that it had lived that strange kind of life at least a century we say it had lived but what manner of life how desirable how enviable as callie says o life most precious and most dear o life that epicures would long to share let us spend a few thoughts upon so uncommon a case and make some improvement of it this poor animal had organs of sense yet it had not any sensation it had eyes yet no ray of light ever entered its black abode from the very first instant of its existence there it was shut up in impenetrable darkness it was shut up from the sun moon and stars and from the beautiful face of nature indeed from the whole visible world as much as if it had no being as no air could penetrate its sable recess it consequently could have no hearing whatever organs it was provided with they could be of no use seeing no undulating air could find a way through the walls that surrounded it and there is no reason to believe that it had any sense analogous to those either of smelling or tasting in a creature which did not need any food these could have been of no possible use neither was there any way whereby the objects of smell or taste could make their approach to it it must be very little if at all that it could be acquainted even with the general sense that of feeling as it always continued in one unvaried posture amidst the parts that surrounded it all of these being immovably fixed could make no new impression upon it so that it had only one feeling from hour to hour and from day to day during its whole duration and as this poor animal was destitute of sensation 
it must have equally been destitute of reflection its head of whatever sort it was having no materials to work upon no ideas of sensation of any kind could not produce any degree of reflection it scarce therefore could have any memory or any imagination nor could it have any locative power while it was so closely bound in on every side if it had in itself some springs of motion yet it was impossible that power should be exerted because the narrowness of its cavern could not allow any change of place how exact a parallel may be drawn between this creature hardly to be called an animal and a man that is without god in the world such as are a vast majority of even those who are called christian i do not mean that they are atheists in the common sense of the word i do not believe that these are so numerous as many have imagined making all the inquiry and observation i could for upwards of fifty years i could not find twenty who seriously disbelieved the being of a god nay i have found only two of these to the best of my judgment in the british islands both of these had lived in london and had been of this persuasion many years but several years before they were called to appear before god both john s and john b were fully convinced that there is a god and what is more remarkable they were first convinced that he is a terrible and then that he is a merciful god i mention these two accounts to show not only that there are real literal atheists in the world but also that even then if they will condescend to ask it they may find grace to help in time of need but i do not mean such as these when i speak of those who are atheists or without god in the world but of such as are only practical atheists as have not god in all their thoughts such as have not acquainted themselves with him neither have any fellowship with him such as have no more intercourse with god or the invisible world than this animal had with the visible i will endeavor to draw the parallel between these and may god apply it to their hearts every one of these is in exactly such a situation with regard to the invisible as the toad was in respect to the visible world that creature had undoubtedly a sort of life such as it was it certainly had all the internal and external parts that are essential to animal life and without question it had suitable juices which kept up a kind of circulation this was a life indeed and exactly such a life as that of the atheists the man without god in the world what a thick veil is between him and the invisible world which with regard to him is as though it had no being he has not the least perception of it not the most distant idea he has not the least sight of god the intellectual son nor any the least attraction toward him or desire to have any knowledge of his ways although his light has gone forth into all lands and his sound unto the end of the world yet he heareth no more thereof than the fabled music of the spheres he tastes nothing of the goodness of god or the powers of the world to come he does not feel as our church speaks the working of the holy spirit in his heart in a word 
he has no more intercourse with the knowledge of the spiritual world than this poor creature had of the natural while shut up in its dark enclosure but the moment the spirit of the almighty strikes the heart of him that was till then without god in the world it breaks the hardness of his heart and creates all things new the sun of righteousness appears and shines upon his soul showing him the light of the glory of god in the face of jesus christ he is in a new world all things round him are become new such as it never before entered into his heart to conceive he sees so far as his newly opened eyes can bear the sight the opening heavens around him shine with beams of sacred bliss he sees that he has an advocate with the father jesus christ the righteous and that he has redemption in his blood the remission of his sins he sees a new way that is opened into the holiest by the blood of jesus and his light shineth more and more unto the perfect day by the same gracious stroke he that before had ears but heard not is now made capable of hearing he hears the voice that raiseth the dead the voice of him that is the resurrection and the life he is no longer deaf to his invitations or commands to his promises or threatenings but gladly hears every word that proceeds out of his mouth and governs thereby all his thoughts words and actions at the same time he receives other spiritual senses capable of discerning spiritual good and evil he is enabled to taste as well as to see how gracious the lord is he enters into the holiest by the blood of jesus and tastes of the powers of the world to come he finds jesus love far better than wine yea sweeter than honey or the honeycomb he knows what that meaneth all thy garments smell of myrrh aloes and cassia he feels the love of god shed abroad in his heart by the holy ghost which is given unto him or as our church expresses it feels the workings of the spirit of god in his heart meantime it may easily be observed that the substance of all these figurative expressions is comprised in the one word faith taken in its widest sense being enjoyed more or less by every one that believes in the name of the son of god this change from spiritual death to spiritual life is properly the new birth all the particulars whereof are admirably well expressed by dr watts in one verse renew my eyes open my ears and form my soul afresh give me new passions joys and fears and turn my stone to flesh but before this universal change there may be many partial changes in a natural man which are frequently mistaken for it whereby many say peace peace to their souls when there is no peace there may not be only a considerable change in the life so as to refrain from open sin yea the easily besetting sin but also a considerable change of tempers conviction of sin strong desires and good resolutions and here we have need to take great care not on the one hand to despise the day of small things 
nor on the other to mistake any of these partial changes for that entire general change the new birth that total change from the image of the earthly adam into the image of the heavenly from an earthly sensual devilish mind into the mind that was in christ settle it therefore in your hearts that however you may be changed in many other respects yet in christ jesus that is according to the christian institution nothing will avail without the whole mind that was in christ enabling you to walk as christ walked nothing is more sure than this if any man be in christ a true believer in him he is a new creature old things in him are passed away all things are become new from hence we may clearly perceive the wide difference there is between christianity and morality indeed nothing can be more sure than that true christianity cannot exist without both the inward experience and outward practice of justice mercy and truth and this alone is given in morality but it is equally certain that all morality all the justice mercy and truth which can possibly exist without christianity profiteth nothing at all is of no value in the sight of god to those that are under the christian dispensation let it be observed i purposely add to those that are under the christian dispensation because i have no authority from the word of god to judge those that are without nor do i conceive that any man living has a right to sentence all the heathen and mahometan world to damnation it is far better to leave them to him that made them and who is the father of the spirits of all flesh who is the god of the heathens as well as the christians and who hateth nothing that he hath made but meantime this is nothing to those who name the name of christ all those being under the law the christian law shall undoubtedly be judged thereby and of consequence unless those be so changed as was the animal above mentioned unless they have new senses ideas passions tempers they are no christians however just true or merciful they may be they are but atheists still perhaps there may be some well-meaning persons who carry this farther still who aver that whatever change is wrought in men whether in their hearts or lives yet if they have no clear view of those capital doctrines the fall of man justification by faith and of the atonement made by the death of christ and of his righteousness transferred to them they can have no benefit from his death i dare in no wise affirm this indeed i do not believe it i believe the merciful god regards the lives and tempers of men more than their ideas i believe he respects the goodness of the heart rather than the clearness of the head and that if the heart of a man be filled by the grace of god and the power of his spirit with the humble gentle patient love of god and man god will not cast him into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels because his ideas are not clear or because his conceptions are confused without holiness i own no man shall see the lord but i dare not add or clear ideas 
But to return to the text, let me entreat all of you who are still without God in the world to consider with all your humanity, benevolence, virtue, you are still inclusi tenebris et carcere ceco, enclosed in darkness and infernal shade. My dear friends, you do not see God. You do not see the Son of Righteousness. You have no fellowship with the Father or with His Son, Jesus Christ. You never heard the voice that raises the dead. Ye know not the voice of your shepherd. Ye have not received the Holy Ghost. Ye have no spiritual senses. You have your old, natural ideas, passions, joys, and fears. You are not new creatures. Oh, cry to God that he may rend the veil which is still upon your hearts and which gives you occasion to complain. Oh, dark, 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 I still must say amidst the blaze of gospel day. Oh, that you may this day hear his voice, who speaketh as never man spake, saying, Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Is it not his voice that crieth aloud? Look unto me, and be thou saved. He saith, Lo, I come, even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Rotherham, July 6, 1790 End of section 17 Recorded by Alvin Price